Or if Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy comes your way now, and make sure to join me, Larry Elder, tonight at 7, only on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, Ari Fleischer, White House uh, Press Secretary for George H. I mean, George W. Bush, of course. Makes a couple of interesting observations on Twitter. One of this is, one of uh, them is this. In a year when uh, the GOP was minus 19 among women, there was sort of a year of the woman for GOP women. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, first woman elected Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds. Yep. First woman elected South Dakota governor, Christine Naum. First Korean American woman elected to Congress. First female Tennessee senator. First female Arizona senator. It's not called yet, but it's going to be uh, Martha McSally. First Latino lieutenant governor of Florida. First elected female uh, Mississippi senator. She's favored in the runoff Heights Smith. Okay. She'll win that. Um, so, uh, you know, so it seems like it's more of a marketing problem than a substance problem, a messaging problem than a merit problem. Uh, so after. Because yeah, we're celebrating all these women on the left, you know, the first lesbian Native American. From Kansas. From it's Kansas. so important. I don't yeah, like, Van Jones. Cares? I don't need to know about your sexual. But Van I love, Jones so they, is really they, happy about that. They had this article yesterday, Dan, where they featured all these women and in the middle of it. The middle, they threw in the gay man, the gay governor from Colorado. Yeah, Jared I mean, Paulus. how do you think he feels about that? Gosh. Billionaire. Uh, he's fine because he's another identity politics. Uh, somebody who's obsessed with identity politics like the others, like the Democrats. 113 million voters, 33 flip seats so far. Uh, Dems at plus 28. Uh, and uh, $5.2 billion spent. And what do we know? Well... Why don't we ask somebody whose nickname is The Sage? That seems like an obvious thing to do. Our colleague Larry Elder, The Sage of South Central, host of The Larry Elder Show, weekdays 7 to 9 p.m. on these airwaves, joins us now. Larry, thanks for being with us again. Appreciate it. Morning, Danny and Amy. How are you doing? Morning. So um, your uh, takeaway from plus three in the Senate, minus 28 in the House, at least at present, some pending, and uh, Trump calling out those who ran with him and uh, some who did not. Well, in general, my thoughts are that the night could have been a lot worse for Republicans, as you know, generally speaking, in the first year, mid-year elections. Uh, the party in power gets hosed. Obama lost something like 60-some-odd seats, and it might be about 35 or so uh, in this particular uh, midterm. And also we may pick up anywhere from two to perhaps even four Senate seats. So uh, it's a mixed, and obviously for the next two years, uh, Trump's going to be investigated and investigated and investigated. It will be a battle royale about his tax returns, about the Mueller investigation. The agenda will be stopped. On the other hand, Nancy Pelosi is going to have to corral these uh, jackasses in her party, like Maxine Waters and like Adam Schiff. Uh, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's a socialist. It's going to be very difficult for them to put together some sort of coherent message going into the 2020 elections. So as far as I'm concerned, it makes the re-election of Donald Trump a lot more likely than it it would have been had the uh, Republicans uh, retained control of the House and had to put forth an agenda. Larry, i got to tell you, I like the Fortnite reference, the battle royale. Um, yesterday, (laughs) Yesterday, President Trump, though, shamed those Republicans who lost after not embracing him. Do you think, I mean, and then also I feel, feel like he was claiming victory for the evening. Was it, should he have done I, I think, 
I think he's uh, he's right to claim victory, at least at the Senate part. And he put a lot of energy into the Senate races, and he ended up uh, uh, turning some of them around. Uh, the the Florida race, a lot of people thought that Gillum was going to take that. Uh, Trump goes there, campaigns hard, turns the race around. Uh, same thing happened in Georgia. Uh, you know, Oprah comes down there, and uh, I think uh, Joe Biden was there, and and um, uh, other celebrities came down there, and and. Uh, uh, Trump and Pence came there, and it, it seemed to me to turn that race around. So, and and the people that voted against Kavanaugh, the, the, you know, High Camp and Donnelly, uh, went down. Uh, Claire McCaskill went down uh, as, as a result of not supporting uh, Kav- Kavanaugh. At least that was a big factor in that race. You know, um, Dan, you talk about uh, Van Jones and how Van Jones is happy. He he uh, said, uh, I think last night that the party is quote younger, browner, and cooler. Close yes, quote. right. Yeah, no, that's we right. Had a young, we, we had a young brown candidate named Omar Navarro who ran against Maxine Waters. He went up in flames. I don't think that uh, Van Jones cares too much about how young and brown you are if you are a Republican. Mia Love, uh, the black female Republican in Utah, lost her race uh, in part because uh, he, she didn't embrace Donald Trump. Uh, Van Jones didn't seem to say she had much of a tear for her. There was a black uh, Republican candidate for Senate in Michigan uh, who lost, and I didn't hear Bra- uh, uh, Van Jones shed a tear for this guy. So he wants his party to be to be younger and browner and cooler provided he wants the country to be younger browner and cooler provided it's left wing younger browner and cooler that's right on and on the state legislatures too one thing that perhaps deserves some emphasis the republican party is the majority party in this country it was before tuesday it continues to be the democrat uh, democrats did flip some uh, legislative chambers in the northeast mainly um, but the NC- NCSL, National Con- Conference of State Legislatures, counts 61 chambers still in GOP control as compared with 37 for Democrats. It was 66-31 prior to Tuesday night. So, I mean, it is still a majority um, country with governor's mansions, with state legislatures, in the Senate, in the White House. Uh, 28 seats or so doesn't change that. Yeah, and a couple of other observations. Uh, we were told that uh, the first Native Americans have been now elected to Congress from Kansas and from New Mexico. Whatever happened to uh, Focahontas? I thought she, I thought she yes, was the exactly. first Native American ever elected. Right. And the other thing is um, uh, Florida. Florida uh, passed a referendum by 60%, which is what they have to do, to allow about 1.5 million uh, felons uh, to be able now to vote. My suspicion is most of those 1.5 million felons are likely to vote Democratic. Otherwise, uh, the initiative would not have been on the ballot. Now, that's going to be very difficult. Florida is a 50-50 state. You're talking about now adding about a 1.5 million potential new voters, most of whom are going to lean left. That's going to be very, very difficult for Trump to take Florida again in 2020 now as a result of this. Yeah, that's a good and point. then also I'm concerned about Trump in 2020 because now the governorships in Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, right. Pennsylvania are all in Democratic hands. That's true. But we did uh, retain Ohio, uh, and, uh, and that's good news. And we did retain, uh, retain Florida. That's good news. So, but, but you're right. It's going to be more daunting for him in, in, in 2020 as a result of all of this. Uh, what do you think about uh, his, uh, not unsurprising, but perhaps the timing a bit, uh, the, the, the call and the acceptance of Jeff Sessions' resignation as Attorney well, General was- Matt Whitaker taking over, and also the prospect of of Jeff Sessions being the Republican candidate against Doug Jones in two years for the Senate seat. Yeah, right. Well, um, you know, Jeff Sessions was a dead man walking. It's just a question of when he was going to go. Uh, I'm surprised it happened so quickly. I understand he wanted to stay at least until Friday, and they said no. Um, you know, no, no big 
deal one way or the other. The Mueller investigation is going to continue. I don't believe that uh, the acting AG is going to fire Mueller, as some people are suspecting. And I think if, if they do fire Mueller, uh, there's no telling how that, uh, that pull shot's going to carry them. Uh, I would I would urge the president to let the thing roll out, uh, have the investigation c- conclude, turn over the report to Congress, which is what is going to happen, I guess, uh, and then let Congress do what they're going to do. There's no way this man's going to be impeached, and if he is, it'll go to the Senate. Two-thirds of the uh, senators would have to vote to eject him out of office, and in the history of this country, not a single senator has ever voted to expel a president from his own party. It's not going to happen uh, this time e- either. So. Uh, Trump is, is, is going to spend the next two years fighting and fighting and fighting and battling, and, uh, and, and nothing's going to get done. On the other hand, when that happens, government tends not to get bigger. Uh, government tends to uh, uh, shrink relative to what it's been doing the years before when there wasn't a divided uh, Congress. So uh, I think taxpayers are going to make out okay in the, in, the, uh, in the long run as a result of having this sort of uh, uh, you know, uh, bifurcated government. Do you think Jeff Sessions was treated unfairly by the president? I, I do. And I think Jeff Sessions uh, was doing uh, yeoman's work on the on the immigration side. I'm out here in California, where California is a sanctuary state. He's been filing lawsuits, uh, and also he's been responsible for shepherding all these Supreme Court justices and appellate justices, so that Trump, in the first two years, has appointed I think more Supreme Court justices and appellate justices than any other president in history. And that's largely a result of, of of Jeff Sessions. He was loyal. He was kicked around publicly. I'm surprised he stayed as long as he did. I do believe he was mistreated. And as far as him recusing him. When he had his confirmation hearing, he all but was asked, if this thing gets uh, to an investigation of the president, will you recuse yourself? And he said yes. And so he had an obligation to recuse himself, and I'm surprised the president was surprised that he recused himself. So I think he was treated unfairly. Yes. And you mentioned that he said, uh, because it was so sad, did you see the video of him leaving yesterday? And it looked like he had tears in his eyes, and people were cheering him on like he was going to war or something. But you said that he wanted to stay till Friday, and they wouldn't even let him do that? Yeah, they they wouldn't even let him do that. And, you know, Jeff Sessions is responsible for uh, Trump uh, meeting uh, Stephen Miller, who's now one of Trump's top aides. Stephen Miller was a young man who worked for Sessions, uh, rose up in the ranks. Sessions was so impressed with him, he lended him to the Trump campaign. Trump liked him so well, he hired him. So, but for Jeff Sessions, uh, one of uh, Trump's top aides, Stephen Miller, wouldn't be there. That's another reason why I thought that Jeff Sessions was was poorly treated. Uh, Speaking of uh, poor treatment, obviously you're very concerned about uh, the professional future of Jim Acosta. Uh, oh, that yeah. he has had his press credential <laughs> revoked, at least temporarily. Your reaction to that uh, just deliciously entertaining press conference President Trump held yesterday? It was a wonderful press conference. It was, as you pointed out, deliciously entertaining. But as far as Acosta is, is, is concerned, uh, I think he serves as a useful foil. He, he is the Helen Thomas of the press corps. Uh, Ask belligerent <laughs> questions. People roll their eyes when he stands up, uh, and he gives the president a really good, colorful, entertaining foil. So I think he serves a useful purpose. I, I would not have pulled his press credentials, and I, and I predict that the other uh, media members are going to rally behind him uh, and criticize the president for doing so. But um, uh, he was rude, uh, but everybody saw that, and it made him and it made CNN look bad. Yeah, Jim Acosta, useful idiot. That is the role he was born to play. There's no question. (laughs) (laughs) Larry Elder, he's the host of the Larry Elder Show on these airwaves, weekdays 7 to 9 p.m. Larry, thanks for joining us as always. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And he joined us on our turnkey.